With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly movie podcast, and a happy new year as it is 2021, and we can at least say that. I'm Eric Cohn, the executive editor and chief critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our editor at large. And, and well, it's weird to start the year with so much going on. I feel like we've lived through a lot of it already, but how have you been? First and foremost, in the in what we might call the very end of 2020 or whatever that was, how did your vacation go? Did you get some rest? I uh, had a you know a lovely um, uh, you know um, quarantine tested uh, you know family thing here. Uh, I was mom to my daughter and her roommate and her boyfriend. You know they they couldn't go home to their parents, so I was the the surrogate mom, and that was really fun, you know, making pancakes and all that kind of thing. And then, um, you know, singing karaoke carols uh, in the living room. So I'm glad all of you uh, were able to miss that. Um, and, <laughs> Some uh, <laughs> things never change. <laughs> and uh, and then we, and Nora and I uh, packed up the car and took off on a driving trip up to Carmel to a cabin, a godforsaken cabin in the woods, um, really in an area that you could create a horror movie around, uh, I swear. But we went off and did some great hikes and and drove back down the coast and went to lots of different uh, cool uh, oceanside uh, hiking places. And and we had a lovely time. And, and was we, it all a, a screen break for you or did you squeeze in some movies or TV shows or anything like that? Bridgerton. <laughs> really? Well, I suppose it was only a matter of time. <laughs> if you know me and Nora, you know that's what we were watching. <laughs> All in one a sitting, guilty right? pleasure, a very delicious uh, guilty guilty pleasure. Uh, Shonda Rhimes knows what she's doing. Uh, I, I grew up on Regency romances. What can I tell you, Eric? You are not the target audience. I'm not judging. I get it. I just <laughs> probably won't be watching that anytime soon. At, at, in but. the first episode, I said to Nora that, this guy was was behaving a certain way and i i said to her uh this guy's a rake and she said what's a rake mommy <laughs> she had no idea do you know the word rake does it mean anything to you it's only something that i would use in my front lawn if i had one <laughs> <laughs> But when I hear you say it, it makes me laugh regardless. So anyway, so uh, so it's no surprise that that was one of the highest rated uh, Netflix things, along yeah. by the way with Midnight Sky, the George Clooney movie, which also did very well uh, over the holidays. As I thought, no surprise it would. there. You did. Yeah, you did enjoy suspect. the movie. It's not an Oscar contender necessarily, but they they enjoyed the movie. Yeah, easy viewing, I suppose. Well, I didn't watch a lot of stuff. I was sort of. Uh, trouncing around Vermont and Massachusetts, trying to kind of stay off the grid as much as possible with the limited resources one has to do that these days. But it was funny when I was in Vermont, I mean, anytime I go somewhere, I try to watch a movie about a place that I'm going and I hadn't really spent time in that state before. And it turns out that the kind of best known movie about Vermont is Baby Boom, 
So I revisited Baby Boom, which Diane I hadn't King? seen. Her. I mean, she's really funny. But the thing that's fascinating to me about about watching it is that it's at once it's it seems sort of ahead of its time and super dated in terms yeah, of the way no, it deals with gender politics. Dated. Yeah, very so, dated. But, you know, then I started going on YouTube and watching a little bit of um, the series that came out of that movie. And I was thinking the concept, if you took away the maternal motivator there and just had this woman who sort of went from being pure workaholic and corporate drone to kind of finding her individuality and her entrepreneurial or entrepreneurialship, you could have a more modern take on that story. It's just, it's not, there's something about it that is very eighties at the same time, which is just sort of fascinating. So. Especially the padded shoulders, but I always love the way Diane Keaton looks in any of her movies and she's, She's she's one of my favorites. I, and I, the I think belts. I always identified with her from Annie Hall days. Yeah, you, you, there's something about the wardrobe that, yeah. that you you uh, adopted. The masculine wardrobe. That, well, I wasn't <laughs> going to say that, but <laughs> the hats, the hats and the jackets, uh, and now the big glasses, uh, mm -hmm. obviously, which mm -hmm. is what women do at a certain point in time. Um, mm -hmm. But then we come back from 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 our vacation, and I did get some rest, and it was delightful. Uh, then we get back, and lo and behold, um, Trump has Democracy continued tries to go to crazy. And yes. there's never a dull moment. So in the stress world of of L.A. too, it's COVID central. So it's pretty pretty locked down here. Uh, pretty scary. Uh, sirens going in the night like it used to do in New York back at the beginning of the pandemic. So it's a sad time and a disturbing, stressful time. And yesterday, we're taping this on Thursday, was the takeover of the Capitol building. A crack. Just and, when you and, thought, oh, we escaped all that bad stuff that was happening in the world. They and the Capitol the Police thought that they could handle it somehow. You look at the videos and you just see these people trampling over minor barriers and minor numbers of, of police to, get, to go right into the Capitol as if they were being almost allowed to do so. You know, the thing that was so shocking to me about the Capitol incident was the way that it played out for everyone as this kind of surreal, never-ending movie. It was like suddenly something that seemed like it could be somewhat problematic for democracy became this explosion of rage. You know, that something that, you know, we were just going through the motions of certifying the presidency, but then it became this day-long excursion into seeing the ultimate outbursts of Trumpism that we've been fearing all along. I mean, I remember like when we recorded our podcast in 2016 after Trump got elected and it was like this real feeling of like solidarity and in spite of all the shock and fear about what was going to happen next, that we all had sort of this common uh, interest in keeping our keeping hope alive, feeling like there was some way for society to overcome whatever sort of threat to, you know, our collective sense of what America should be and how and, and what morality is, um, you know, we could keep that going. And then what, what I saw yesterday, I felt like was the ultimate sort of challenge to that, because you could see just how much, you know, we get lost in this, in, in our bubbles, even when we're confronted with the worst possible outcome, you know, that 
it's easy to ignore the crazies until they jump the fences. And they literally did that. I mean, I don't think it's tasteless to look at it as this kind of almost like cinematic moment where we're experiencing the the drama of America on the brink. Like that was just to see that live was was something completely unclassifiable. And it just shows you, um, I mean, the aftermath today is that you have all these senators and, and congresspeople, uh, Republican and Democrat alike, who are scared to death and really angry, really, really angry. And uh, Biden uh, definitely takes the high road today with, with his, uh, um, you know, proposal of, of Merrick Garland as the attorney general. I mean, the comparison is just very stark. Uh, and the other thing is <laughs> the irony of all this stuff was in it was less than 24 hours uh, after this Georgia runoff election, which, which was we forgot a about in the moment. mix of it. But and but, they called the election for John Ossoff in the middle of it. I mean, they, Warnock had one at three at two a.m. The networks called it for him. Then Ossoff in the middle of all this stuff, and that was a great moment. That was a, a culmination of what Stacey Abrams has been doing for a decade. She's the hero, and I hope she gets to take over the uh, Democratic Party and and raise votes across the country for Democrats because we need all the help we can get to keep this from ever happening again and Georgia turned blue it's it's because of her but I there's an argument today also that um, those two Senate races went to the Democrats because of Trump's behavior because of all of his craziness and 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 the way and that McConnell knows that he lost the Senate because of Donald Trump and he renounced him yesterday in no uncertain terms yeah, I mean, that was riveting TV, too, is watching these speeches. You know, it really felt you had, it was almost like a Frederick Wiseman movie or something. Or, it's like you're or, lost uh, in the... Or Jimmy the Stewart and Frank Capra. You know? Yeah, right. But they all want to be Jimmy Stewart in a Frank Capra movie. <laughs> it's like everybody, even friggin' Lindsey Graham wants to have his triumphant moment where he does the right thing. And you're like, well, no, you're still a bad person. I mean, that's kind of the, the, the challenge now. It's like everybody they have wants to, govern, to take though. the stage. That's what's they so do. great. You have 50-50 now in the Senate, and they are all going to have to get along. They have no choice or nothing will happen. Well, yeah, there's always the, the, the challenge with Democrats, too, is that they're, a lot of them are actually good people. So they want to get along, whereas the Republicans have never really shown much interest in that. There may be a, a change in the weather there. I mean, someone like Susan Collins, even if I'm furious with her for not going along with impeachment, she could be uh, a moderate voice for the Republicans who sees the fit to s- represent her state and her constituents. That's what it's really supposed to be about, not in any the case, raw g- growth of power, which is what right. McConnell seems to represent. Uh. Who's going to make the Mitch McConnell story? I want to know that. I mean, John Stewart did the best impersonation of him on The Daily Show back in the day. But that's, I mean, it's almost hard to see this as a real person when you see him on TV. It's like from the from his physical appearance to, to the sort of the hard line approach to politics that provides no opportunity for a back and forth conversation you know i was i was uh, reading the obama book over my we were right listening in the car we and it's listening interesting it. i don't know if you got to the part with mcconnell but he talked about mcconnell as this incredibly awkward guy who you know is terrible at making eye contact doesn't 
you know, really have any interest in hearing why somebody should support this or that bill. If it doesn't serve his interest, he's just not having that conversation. No, it's all so, about brutal power. He, yeah, and he, he is, describes him that way. And that's why I think it's, you know, why are we spending, you know, minutes of, of, a, of a movie podcast talking about this stuff? I mean, one, because we care about society, but also because these are, it, it takes a certain kind of character to put yourself on the public stage. You, they're, they're, they are celebrities by and large, and you feel like you're consuming a story. It's just, it's a story in the real world. But it's, the good news it is, is that once Trump is gone, the story is going to get a lot more boring. And that's fine with me. Yeah, I don't want to think about Biden every second of my life. But I also, also think, he's going to uh, get down to the business of governing and of, of licking this this virus. And, and I'm, I'm really that would be nice. Very concerned about how that's going to play out. And, and, and um, you know, we have to we have to push it back. And the trickle down effect will be that maybe with time, we'll see how movie theaters can come back. How can film festivals start to, you know, if there's a more concerted effort behind the vaccine rollout and behind public safety standards and everything, then maybe our little section of the world starts to, to crawl out from under the rock it's been under, because that's obviously going to be something that will allow us to get to the next stage of all well they're not going to have um drive-ins uh for sundance that's been canceled um and uh that because of covid but uh tickets have gone on sale um and i do recommend uh that anyone who has a uh wants to see anything at sundance get on the case and order up their tickets now because they're going to sell out very soon they just went up today um and uh, you and I are planning our schedules in terms of uh, what we're going to be able to see um, when it, it uh, looks pretty good. starts. That is one thing that is kind of exciting about Sundance this year in a strange sort of way is that uh, anybody in theory has some kind of access to this festival. It's I, I do like the exclusivity of it. It does seem to still be exclusive and that not everybody can buy it access to a virtual screening but the idea of the lineup actually being available in all 50 states kind of democratizes the process through which these movies are put out into the world it's just so. a question of who's going to be enough of a cinephile to be willing to sample something that they've really never heard of from a filmmaker they've never heard of i'd like to think that there are plenty of adventurous souls out there who are going to jump in with both feet but the truth is maybe our role as curators are going to be part of that process too oh, totally well why don't we uh, step away from sundance for a bit because one of the things that is significant about where we are right now in the year is that Normally, we'd have a pretty good sense of where award season is going. But as the year starts, we've got a lot more to go in terms, not only in terms of how much longer films can qualify for the Oscars, but how many more films are left to be seen. So we were talking about there's a lot. We started recording. There, there's a lot of stuff. There's a, not, not to say it's going to completely change the tenor of the race. but Well, we haven't seen some of them. And um, for example, I just got a screener of uh, U.S. versus Billy Holiday, which is now going to come out, not at Paramount, but Hulu. That was another change. Uh, there's there's Judas and the Black Messiah, which Warner Brothers is 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 releasing. There's the Mauritanian, which um, 
I highly recommend, uh, which uh, uh, the um, which I just watched, uh, which STX picked up. It's actually uh, a really good Guantanamo Bay story uh, based on a memoir, based on a true person played by Tahar Rahim of uh, a prophet fame, and it's it's a great performance that he gives. That's good to know. Yeah, so Mauritanian, we have U.S. versus Billie Holiday. You mentioned Judas and the Black Messiah. That of, of seems certainly like the kind of movie that, you know, it's an HBO Max Warner Brothers kind of a thing. That, But it seems like the kind of movie that really could sort of fill a gap in the award season conversations so of a major, his, uh, you know, historical uh, sort of epic of sorts with, a great cast. It looks really promising. So I'm, I'm certainly looking forward well, to Daniel seeing Daniel Kaluuya definitely does. pops out of the trailer for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, yeah. And uh, he plays Fred Hampton, who's also a character, surprisingly <laughs> enough, in uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, right. So case, being able to have those Kelvin two sides Harrison of the story. Jr. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That should be fascinating yeah. to talk about. And, and Andrew Day have, is uh, supposed to be good as Billie Holiday. That's, that's at least from what I've heard. That's a Lee Daniels movie. And then you've got another Netflix f- title, which is Malcolm and Marie, which is which slowly they're screening on Friday. Yeah. Right. So that's one that Netflix bought um, or, uh, several months ago out of uh, in the midst of all the, you know, sort of fall season conversation and seems to be a, a play for the performances. So those categories certainly could be shaken up irrespective of, you know, who seems to be the front runner in, in you know, best actor. And then, um, uh, We've got Cherry from the Russo Brothers. Apple. Apple is releasing that. And and Tom Holland is very, very good. Um, and it's, it's based on a novel that's a, a memoirish kind of autofiction novel um, about a true story about a paramedic, uh, paramedic who comes back from Iraq with uh, a lot of drug addiction issues, <laughs> shall we say. It's sort of got a, it's a little bit of a Sid and Nancy quality. It has a romance at the center of it also. And Tom Holland is excellent. Um, and uh, I'm, you know, all right, what are the unknowns as far as the Oscar race are concerned? Um, I did hear, I, I spoke to somebody today who said that they were getting lots of screeners, but most of them were from Amazon and Netflix, which, right. which and Apple, I am too. Yeah, makes no sense. Yeah. So, yeah. so why, you know, if, if Nomadland, you know, you, you, there you have a movie that's still going to hit theaters um, later on and, and something like Promising Young Woman is still coming later. A lot of people haven't had access to see these movies and they, they're being written about because they had qualifying runs, but they're not, you know, virtually, but, but they're not, they're not really uh, available to people yet. So it's, it's well, just we, an it, interesting, weird year. Stay with Nomadland for a second, because that's an interesting one since Searchlight made this decision to qualify it before the end of the year for the critics groups, neither New York Film Critics Circle nor LA Film Critics Circle awarded Nomadland Best Film, which raises a really interesting question about just, you know, how much it was the right call to put it in that slot versus waiting till later. Because again, the movie didn't really come out. It had like a qualifying virtual thing and, and limited theatrical. So even though we've Very been talking few people about got it for to a while, see it. maybe still, a few thousand yeah, people still few got to see it. And so the buzz that it yeah, would have, yeah. That. But it was at festivals. It did, it, Nomadland 
let's let's not forget uh, you know it, it won venice, won it, venice. It, it won the toronto critics choice it, it's the front runner i mean this is you're you're talking about it as though it's wounded in some way well no i, I want that's what i want critics groups actually more. perceived it as a front runner and chloe Zhao won both she did could, win yeah she won director could be the front runner for best director uh oscar so so i think i think it's doing fine i mean mcdormand again by virtue of the fact that she's won so many times is, you know, people are, are going other ways, but, but she's really remarkable in, in the movie. So the movie, that's still a major contender, but hasn't opened wide yet. And I guess it'll be interesting to but see. But it's not foolish of Searchlight in just in terms of the awards right. to keep it to late. It, First of all, they yeah. were playing with what was going to happen with COVID and this is how it's played right. out. But so they have to, they have to take the hand they've been dealt, but there it's also not bad for these things to hit later than, than sooner. Yeah. And, well, and, and that, meanwhile, that helps in a the way. other one, well, the other case study in that respect is soul, which opened on Disney plus on Christmas. And that was it. There's not going to be anything more than that in terms of its release. It's, it's, but you out can assume there. it was widely seen. That's it the seems thing. seems to have been. Anecdotally. You know the Netflix <laughs> films, you know the, the Apple films, you know the Amazon, right. and, 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 and these films are being widely, widely seen. And so it's hard to see how the theatrical movies compete with that when they aren't in theaters. That's, that's part of what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how do you, how do you just get people in? You can't get people into a screening room, period. Unless you can you get them into a virtual it. screening room and virtual. they're being they're being shown that way. The other movie we haven't mentioned is called The Little Things, which is a John Lee Hancock movie uh, starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek and um, Jared Leto. And it's um, it was always scheduled to be open early in the year. I can't. Why are I can't you tell. laughing? I can't because the way that you said Rami Malek and Jared Leto, I couldn't tell if you were you were you were sort of positioning that as as a plus or a minus it's and a, I personally it's, i'm not sure it, it's <laughs> it's actually it. it's it's a straight on thriller uh mystery okay. thriller and and uh it's, it's period it's it's about um corrupt cops um it's it's, it's actually a, a good movie and denzel is great in it so uh we'll see Okay, so there, there is a good for amount it. of stuff there. There's a good amount of stuff there. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens once we have all of those movies, because as you say, Nomadland is a front runner. You've got the Netflix films. You've got, uh, you know, hand, a smattering of other kinds of things. It, it, does, it, it does feel like m most of the major categories have sort of solidified in terms of what's got the heat. I mean... If you were to go yeah, that's down, that's why the these list. new movies are are a question mark. You know, do they have a lot of catching up to do? Are people? I will say this: the people that I talk to in the academy are are catching up with things. Finally, they're they're starting to see them, and they're not thrilled. <laughs> they're not super excited. It's it seems like a slim a slim list to them. Uh, so well, far, there so. is a lot of. Um diversity of of subject matter this year which i think is makes it kind of fascinating you know do you go with nomadland versus trial show of chicago seven versus i don't know news of the world versus judas and the black messiah it's like none of those movies really have that much to do with each other so it, in that sense i suppose it's going to be fascinating to see you know where where is the conversation what do people 
respond to in this particular moment when there's, there's so always much else a going zeitgeist on. question. So Nomadland, as you wrote very eloquently, um, is 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 definitely hitting the zeitgeist in a certain kind of way. Um, I would say that all the different Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter stories are are also in there. I can't help but wonder if if a lot of the movies that have been left inside of the Oscar uh, universe, so, so many are not there. So many have been pushed back because they actually had big budgets or they had to make their money back commercially. Um, so that leaves a lot of movies inside this this bubble of awards consideration that maybe were never considered to be big box office behemoths anyway. You know, mm -hmm. and they so need it's help. A they it's, need help from the Oscars. Yeah, it's it's the same argument you'd have in another year and that the Oscars actually are valuable from a commercial standpoint for a yeah. certain subset of movie. Yeah. And the other thing, so uh, we didn't talk about this at the start of the podcast, but it is worth noting that in the midst of all the craziness that happened in D.C., Sasha Baron Cohen went out and said, social media networks need to ban Trump and... And Maybe they did. he had something to do with it. May, I don't know, but they certainly did do that. And that has been a platform for this guy. It's in Borat where there is sort of a joke about the character thinking the Holocaust didn't happen because of a Facebook conspiracy theory. And then after that movie came out, Holocaust denier, denials were banned from Facebook. So when you're talking about movies that could fit the zeitgeist, that campaign and that particular actor, writer, performer, persona seems to have a good amount of resonance too so absolutely you know there should be well he's one person sasha baron cohen is one person who understands how social media actually functions and how powerful uh it can be um a thousand cuts this documentary about maria ressa in, Phil in the philippines is another one well worth watching because you can see how effective uh, social media can be in in fueling the the far right yeah, that one looks really uh, troubling to me, but I need to make time for it. And that's one of the things that I keep thinking about is, you know, I have a lot of blind spots when it comes to a wide range of films that could wind up on the doc or international shortlist. So I'm sure that many Academy members have even why a wider range of blind spots. How and they've do got they this, know what to see? Yeah. I'm, I'm having trouble with the foreign language because there's like 90 of them, right? So how do you figure out, you know, you'd look at the ones that did well at festivals. You look, you know, I saw a movie called Hope, the Norwegian film, excellent film with Stellan Skarsgård, um, family drama, really good. Uh, I, you, you've been promoting The Mole Agent. Um, I want to see uh, the Apples movie from Greece. I want to see Dear Comrades from Russia. I mean, there's yeah. a list of them. I just have to work my way through them like everybody else. Yeah, well, and, and the thing is, you're also an, an informed journalist paying attention to festival buzz and be talking to publicists and so forth. An Academy member, I don't, I won't, I don't want to say the average Academy member because it's such a, even with just a couple thousand people, it's such a, diffuse group of they're um, well informed they're some well informed. Are more informed the ones you who pay attention app, are right so this year you have this app and let's say you have an apple tv you can turn on your tv and you have this app and you can just like scroll through these movies but 
it's at what point do you decide decide to hit play? Say if you're going through the foreign the international. Well, this is why they're know? complaining. They're complaining about the quality of the movies that are available on the portal because anybody who wanted to spend their their twelve thousand you know dollars or whatever it is you know they they could get in. So so you the the foreign language has nothing to do with paying. That's just a question. As soon as they're eligible, they're deemed eligible. They're put up. A few of them have been thrown out because they have too much English. Um, but they're 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 on the portal and uh, and they can they can work their way through exactly how do they decide a lot of them fall asleep this is the really bad thing about online viewing if you decide hey i'm going to do a double feature tonight and it's 11 o'clock at night and you're watching some godforsaken uh, rural drama from you know greece you you could fall asleep yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is it's like it's not just that you can fall asleep. It's that you might not be getting the optimal experience because binge watching a wide array of movies from different parts of the world, with different subject matters and styles is not the same as watching and, Bridgerton. And they may right? not. Exactly. They may not be as, as compelling page turning, if you like, uh, kind of dramas that with narratives that keep you riveted to the screen they may be more avant-garde they may be more uh challenging that's that's a if you're in a theater sitting there for two hours you have to see it you committed the other you committed yeah. and maybe you have a better experience for other reasons like just because you know when you're watching something on a big screen with the optimal sound and, and image it, it's a, it is a different kind of experience no matter what and then sometimes for an academy screen you've got a q a afterwards so it i know as, as a critic, I'm not saying I need that, but as an academy member, maybe for some people it helps contextualize what they're what they're looking at. And I appreciate when you talk to people who are voters who really take this process seriously and they really want to look through their options and they're not just voting for their friends or whatever. Well, and the and whole whining important. and dining aspect has been taken out of it. There used to be this sort of core group of people that you would see on the They go to everything. Having right. a drink, having a yeah. nosh, you know, socializing, getting out. All of that's gone. So yeah. how do they make, I think that's a great question, Eric. How do they decide what to watch? Well, I think they read and you are. And, and they're uh, also no, stuff. they're also <laughs> being invited to a lot of these virtual screenings, and sometimes they are sent food. Believe it or not, they are actually yeah. lured again by uh, such yeah, things. Yeah, the campaigning is is happening, but I think if you are an engaged member of the academy and want to vote wisely, then you just can't browse your options on the app. I mean, watching things blindly is what valiant programmers do, but at this stage of the game, it really is, it, it needs to go beyond that. It's just not practical to assume that people could go through this, you know, epic list of international submissions and wind up well, finding the, ones, the best films. The ones who are serious about it are going to have to be, uh, they're going to be given colors, they're going to join certain groups, they're going to have to see a certain number in order to be eligible to vote for the nominating committee. So, yeah, so those they, rules have to take matter. Their, they have to take their job seriously. Those rules matter for sure. And of course, we still don't really know how the next few weeks are going to play out. I mean, usually as, as um, you know better than anybody, you got festivals like Santa Barbara that are sort of like the, the last wave of um, festival Palm boosters. Palm Springs, yeah. Palm Springs, which is not happening as, except for the virtual gala. So there's That's something. the Academy Award part. Yeah. Right. And the Spirit Awards are, are going to be way later. On Monday, 
um, we'll have the Gotham Awards as a virtual event. So it'll be interesting to see what, if anything, that does. How many knows. people, I mean, that, that they stream those things and I watch it sort of religiously every year. And it's just like this single stream of this person standing at a podium, whoever it is, accepting the award, you know, no change of, there's no cutting. It's just uh, a, a very elemental thing. I, I, how many, five people watch that thing. Well, what I'll tell you is that I go to, I mean, I've been going to the Gotham's every year for a long time and it's always valuable to be in the room because you do feel like the entire New York indie film world is crammed in there. And there's like an hour or so of cocktails where you're wandering around, you're talking to people about Sundance stuff and you're hearing how people are doing some people who are on the broader award season track are there too. So being on the ground is really valuable. What it's currency is for any of us when it's just a string of acceptance speeches, I don't really know. I mean, Nomadland is nominated for best film. And if it wins that, I, I suppose that's another notch in its belt. Sure. And so it doesn't hurt. It'll get reported. Um, yeah. If something else wins that uh, is not an award season favorite, I don't know if that, you know, means now it suddenly is, but Hey, if first cow, you know, gets a leg up from the Gotham awards, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So I guess we'll have to wait and see on that front. But in any case, next week, we can talk about what happened at the Gothams. And uh, we can come back to Sundance. Hopefully, we'll have a little bit more of a sense of what's worth seeing there, if anything is going to be there that might itself be an awards contender and any other buzz that's out there. But unless they invoke the 25th amendment and that's all we talk about next week i, I look forward to further movie conversations I, i'm hoping it gets it was funny uh, stephanie i think it was stephanie zacharick on twitter was saying hey aren't i allowed to talk about movies like she got in trouble for talking about movies yesterday while I all the craziness that. was going on i hate on. that now of is course not the time. she's allowed to talk about movies now My is not the time God. the time is always if anything you can make the case that it's it's a better time to talk about movies when everyone's freaking out about other stuff because the movies are always there for us right thank god yes thank god all, all right, right i'll see you next weekend bye eric i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press one if you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes press two we heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.